0: Man, that was outstanding. You kids did a great job. Very, very well done. Very well done. Luke chapter 8. Stand with me if you would. Go to Luke chapter number 8. You guys ready for Bible? Here we go. Ready or not, here we come. Luke chapter number 8. Anybody here have any issues? All right, three of you do. That's good. All right, Luke chapter 8, we're going to talk about dealing with your issues today, Luke chapter 8, and uh, we'll start reading in verse 41. Behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age. And she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. The crowds formed around him. And from verse 43 to verse 48, you kind of read about what looks like an interruption to the Lord. Because he's going to heal this other man's daughter. And then this crowd forms, and all of a sudden, we're brought this narrative about this other woman. Look at verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee, And press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling. And falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. I want you to notice this woman that happens to be by the side of some of the bystanders and interruption to the Lord's plan. In verse 43, the Bible says she has an issue. She has an issue. And I want to talk to you this morning about dealing with your issues, dealing with your issues. Uh, Brother Eric, I really, really appreciate your heart. I don't mean to embarrass you, but uh, you've done something for me in the last month just with some of the testimonies you've shared about where you've left those tracks, and it's meant a lot to me, and I appreciate it, and it's encouraged our church. Thank you very much. If you would open us up in a word of prayer. Amen. Amen. Be seated if you would. Let me give you two things that will help you with what Brother Eric mentioned in his prayer for the stilling of your minds and being able to get something out of the Word of God. Uh, if I could encourage you to, to turn your phone off this morning, and if I can encourage you to maybe just be seated for a little bit, unless you are going to die from some health emergency, let's be still. And I'll tell you why. Because when we, are allowing, when we allow ourselves to be still, God can deal with us about our issues. Amen. Amen. So I want you to notice that this woman comes to the Lord and she's got an issue of blood. And clearly, this is a physical infirmity. This is a a health situation from within her body. I am not here to tell you that we are faith healers and that we have the power within us to heal everybody's physical diseases. That's not where I'm going to go this morning. But what I want you to do is I want you to look at her story and I want you to understand that while this is a physical issue of her body, There are those of us in this room that could attest to the fact that we don't just deal with physical issues in this life. We deal with spiritual and emotional and mental issues in this life, and we need God's healing just as much for those as she did for her physical ones. There's not a person in this room that cannot say that they don't have an issue. Someone I've heard people say this, that person has issues. Well, guess what? Welcome to the club, because we all do. We all have issues. The question is, how are you going to deal with those issues? Now, you have to understand something. From an Old Testament standpoint, this woman, when she comes and she touches Jesus and then she runs away, you might wonder, why would somebody do that? Let me just read something to you from the the blessed book of Leviticus. Anybody here ever just go, man, Leviticus is my favorite book? Now, now, Brother Craig might be that guy because he loves reading those, the, the stories about the sacrifices, and he, he'll he bring a lot of typology out of that. But most of you are like, man, I, I got through Leviticus as fast as I could. You, you take the animal, and you slit the throat, and the blood goes out here. There's the law for the leprosy, and the law for this thing, and the law for this thing. And let me just read this to you about what it was like if you had an issue of blood. All right, this is from Le- Leviticus 15. Everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sitteth upon shall be Unclean. And whosoever toucheth her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. And whosoever toucheth anything that set upon that, that, that she sat upon shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. Unclean, 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 unclean. You know what that woman was? You know what she understood about herself? She was unclean. Do you know what we need to understand about ourselves this morning? The issues that we have in our lives, they make us unclean. But can I say this? Our God is not a God that is unapproachable. He wants you to come and touch him. He wants you to come and be healed of the issues of your life. But you need to understand this. You've got issues. You know who's not going to get any help this morning? The person that says, man, I am so glad that Pastor Adrian is preaching this message because, man, my wife has issues. (laughs) And, man, I'm so glad, Pastor Adrian, you finally are preaching a message about issues. Man, my husband, he's got issues. And my kids, boy, they've got issues. My parents, they've got... You need to quit that and think this morning, what are the issues of my life? And how am I responding to them? How do I deal with those issues? You know what most people do today? They mask their issues. They just cover them up. They ignore them. Or they address them with things that can't help. They name their issues with things that aren't even really the problem And most people absolutely don't bring their issues to God. Look if you went to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. This woman had an issue of blood. And what that means physically is that She had a constant sore of blood that was just gushing out, and the Bible does not tell us from whence she had that issue or where physically in her body it was, but here's what we know. She was unclean because of it. And there was an issue from within and that heart was pumping that blood and maybe too much, maybe excessively, maybe there was a, uh, from a scientific standpoint, a, a, a heart arrhythmia issue, or maybe there was a, a, pre- a blood pressure issue. I don't know, but, but if you trace it back somewhere, the heart is involved with that physical issue. And let me just say this this morning, whatever issues you have in your life, spiritually speaking, it is your heart that is connected to that issue as well. And when I say your heart, I'm not talking about the organ that's pumping blood throughout your body. I'm talking about the core of who you are. Your dreams, your imaginations, your desires, your affections, the center of who you are. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Here's what it says. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the what? The issues, of life. issues of life. Every single issue you have in this life... Goes back to your heart. Amen. There's a lot of talk about heart health physically. You know, you eat this kind of food and you, you know get up and stretch and you run. You do this and get that blood pumping and you need a healthy heart. And that's absolutely true physically. Can I say this as well? Spiritually, some of God's people are literally just dying on the inside because of issues from the heart that are not dealt with. He says, keep the heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life let let me read this to you for as he thinketh in his heart so is he you know what that says the heart is the reflection of the real you now by the way the heart is where all of your trouble comes from i know you're convinced that all your trouble comes from your spouse it doesn't all right look if you would at mark chapter number seven mark chapter seven this is jesus christ talking and, and 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 no differently than the world in which we live today they talk about and i'm not against it i'm not saying this is bad but hear me out you go to the store, and there's organic bananas for $1.18 a pound, and then there's regular bananas. I know some of you are going to be like, well, they don't put pesticides. I know, but like, to me, I'm like, it's both organic. It didn't come out of a box. I know some of you are going to talk to me later and pull me aside and tell me why I'm wrong. I know why they do that, but here's what I want you to get at. Our generation is not that different than the Pharisees' generation. They were worried about physical health. They were worried about how to make sure, you, you know, you wash your hands the right way. It, it blew my mind away when COVID came and, and kind of turned the world upside down. Everywhere you go, they're like, wash your hands like a surgeon and get in between and do this. And now, you know, you see kids, any kid that had OCD before, they're like, <laughs> you know, worried about germs, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and uh, it, listen, that's, I'm not saying that's bad, but let me say this. That's not the real issue in your life. That's not the real issue in your life. The real issue in your life comes from within. Look at Mark chapter number seven. Mark chapter seven, this is what Jesus had to deal with in his day. Do not walk out of here and say, Pastor Adrian says, my health doesn't matter. I didn't say that. I said, that's not the real issue in your life. Do you realize there are some things that are even physiological in nature that your health, could, physical health could be improved upon if your spiritual health was improved first? The stress and the anxiety and the grief that you hold within and the envy and the... You don't think that has a part on your body? You don't think that does something to your sleep patterns? It absolutely does. You need to address the spiritual issues from within. Look at Mark 7. Mark 7, verse number 18. And he saith unto them, Are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man? It cannot defile him. Jesus is unscientific. He's saying germs can't hurt you. No, that's not what he's saying. Keep reading. Physically, yeah, it can, but, but notice what he says. Because it entereth not into his heart. Uh-oh. We're getting somewhere now. It entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out of the draught, that's the toilet, purging all meat. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that, that defileth the man. Why? For from within. Out of the what heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye. you say, what is an evil eye? watch ready <laughs> I think that 's it, I think that 's what it is. an, an, an evil eye he it, it goes on, blasphemy, pride. Foolishness, all these evil things come from where? It's inside of you. The issues of your life, they are from within. The, the need to, to, to control, the need to manipulate others, and the constant anxiety and the desire to put things where you think they have to go in your life, instead of stepping back and allowing God to work on people and on people's hearts, and, and the, the envy and the bitterness And the jealousy and the anger and the wrath. You say, what is that? That's not from outside. That's from within. You better learn to deal with them the right way. We know the heart, as the Bible says, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Your heart will convince you that the real problem is on the outside. The real problem is the world today. The real problem is, you know, the the president, you know, and what he's doing and what they're doing in Congress. And the real problem is those people getting out there on the streets and yelling at people, you know, and the abortion rallies. And that's the real problem. No, the real problem is from within. You know what some of you would rather do? This is why some Christians get sucked into this vortex of online, constant online networking, constantly talking about issues in society because they don't want to look in the mirror and look at themselves and say, what is the issue with me? Are you really going to tell me you're shocked and surprised that the world is a mess? The Bible says it always has been and always will be without God. The real issue, the surprise should not come that the world is responding to society's issues the way that they are. The real surprise should be that we're not responding as differently as we should. The heart is not safe in your own hands. That's why the Bible says, my son, give me thine heart. The heart is the center of who you are. It's naturally deceptive and it's naturally defiled. Every single issue in your life. How about a lack of self-control? We are marching in the army, the army of the Lord. I mean, I love that stuff. And I'm there thinking about self-control. And you know, All I can think of is us Christian adults. How much self-control do we have? The need to constantly defend yourself. The desire to go after that which will hurt you, deceiving others, anger, wrath, lust, envy, hatred, the need to gossip about other people, hating somebody when they're blessed by the Lord, that's called envy. Just watching God bless someone and bless their ministry and bless their life, and you sit there and go, I don't want God giving them that. You know what that is? That's an issue from within. Pride, stubbornness. I, I love it when someone says, yeah, I'm just like my dad. I'm real stubborn. That's not a good thing to talk about. That's not a, like a let me, badge of honor. I'm stubborn. Check this out. Look at all the things that's helped me with in my life. It's not going to help you. Not when you're stubborn with God. That's right. Amen. Self-righteousness. Can I just say it like this? You being a control freak. If that's you. You know what that is? That's an issue from within. Because you can't let God be the one in control. A lack of thankfulness. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, tomorrow's Memorial Day. Now, I'm I'm not going to go off on on a long tangent about this. I don't care what you think about America. You ought to be grateful that people are willing to lay down their lives so you can enjoy yours. Do you know what a lot of people are going to do tomorrow? They're going to turn up the grill, right? You know, going to... It's going to pick on Brother Steon. He is not from Australia. I want to make that very clear. Another shrimp on the barbie? No, no, not at all, all right? They're, they're going to turn on the grill. They're going to pop open the beer. They're going to have a nice time. They're going to get out in the lake. They're going to go fish. They're going to do whatever they, all that stuff. And listen, I'm not saying that every single one, you can enjoy it. I'm not saying you should enjoy it. But man, you know what the real issue with America is? You know what the, the real problem is? We are an unthankful ungrateful spoiled brat generation and let me just say this that's easy to point out there and say they're the problem it starts with us those are issues that we deal with selfishness the inability to have empathy and grace with others you know what that is it's way worse than an issue of blood that's an issue of the heart I don't do this often because I don't ever want to come off as the preacher that preaches from the headlines, but I think everybody in here has heard about the shooting situation in Texas. And everybody's doing the Monday morning quarterback thing, and everyone's saying, you know, okay, there's one side that goes, you've got to get rid of all the guns, get rid of all the guns. Get rid of all the guns, and then it's just going to get better. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? What about the opioid crisis? What about the depression crisis? What about the broken home crisis? Do you realize the pattern with all the people that do this? There's a pattern. And you take the guns away, it'll be knives next. You take the knives away, it'll be rocks after that. I'm not here to advocate. I am not. Pastor Raider's not here to stand up for the NRA. I'm here with my rights. That's not the point at all. If that's what you get out of what I'm saying, you are missing the point. This has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with biblical reality. The first murder that took place was a guy taking a rock and throwing it on his brother's head and killing his brother. God did not outlaw the rocks. He looked into Cain's heart and said, you're the problem. You know what's easy for the world to do? And listen, that's what they know to do. You know, I don't get mad when someone says, let's take all the guns. You know I don't get mad? They don't know any better. They're thinking as rationally as they can. They're looking at, it going, "Okay, this, these people. What's the pattern? All oh, the patterns. They got weapons. And so, if we get rid of..." It, I know some of you right now are like, "Your, blood, your American patriot blood is boiling right now," <laughs> and you're like, "I don't like them." Well, just put yourself in their shoes for a moment. No Bible, no Holy Spirit, no context of history, and they're looking at, it going, "Now, if you have history behind you, you know what you realize for 200 years, our children went to school, some of them with rifles." What has changed? It wasn't the weapon. It's the heart of society. It's a sick heart. And let me tell you something right now. Parents, you can hate me for this. You cannot like me for this. And that's okay. But I'll tell you right now, I have less problem with teaching my kids about safety around certain things than I do with plopping them in front of a video game console for 10 hours a day where they're blowing people's heads off and then tell them, no, guns are violent. The biggest hypocrites in the world are Hollywood. Because they go, oh man, you know what, guys? You know what you do? Treat a woman not like a piece of meat, but as a real person. But every time the woman's a, he- a superhero, we're gonna put her in something that's super tight, leather, and show every single inch of her body off. But don't you think anything bad? And then on top of that, we're gonna blow things up. We'd have gangsters dropping that bomb. Say hello to my little friend, and then go. But guns are violent. We shouldn't do that. You're out of your mind. If you don't think that has an effect on our society, can I say this, Christian? You're out of your mind if you don't think that has an effect on you. Taking those images in all the time and thinking about those things, it'll defile you. This morning, I was looking over my notes and I heard, boom. I looked out the window, boom, boom. This bird was trying to eat a moth. But the problem was the moth was on the inside. (laughs) And the bird's like, boom, boom. And I'm just sitting there going, Lord, there must be, oh. You know what that is? That's our society. We're trying to fix something. We don't even know what we're going after. We're coming at it from the wrong angle. You know know what the real issue is? The real issue is you have a a hopeless generation that is out of control, has no self-control, has been told to indulge themselves in whatever they want. And be whatever. You want to you wake up tomorrow and you feel like a girl? Be a girl. Wake up the next day and feel like your guy. Be a guy. And then next week, be both. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then if you're confused, we're like, we don't know why they're so confused about who they are. I, do, do you understand what I'm getting at? Guys, our, the, the heart of society is sick. Let me go a step further and say this. You're no different than they are when it comes to your issues. You're like the bird flying in the window. This time, boom! This time, boom! You gotta gotta get on the right side of things. See, what's the problem? The problem as believers is this. For as much as these people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips, they do honor me, They've removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. We know what the right answers are the longer you're around the Bible you do. But there's a difference, listen to me very carefully, between acknowledging what is the right answer and doing something with that right answer. And there are some untouched issues in your life. There are some rooms within the spiritual uh, 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 house of your life it's, it's kind of like, I, listen, I, I didn't ever experience this. Uh, I, I knew some friends. I had a friend when I was in Germany that there was a room that no kid could go into because there's fragile stuff in there. And then whatever. If that's how you are, that's whatever. It's fine. I'm always kind of like, it's like, look, if you're going to have a house and you, then you decide to have kids, you kind of need to let them just, you know, like live, right? right? You can teach them not to break things. That's a good place to start, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but it, it's kind of like that with the Lord. Okay, Lord, you can go here and you can go here, and Lord, you can go there, but this one's mine. Yeah. I'll deal with this issue on my own. Yeah. No, you won't. You've just buried it, That's right. or you've renamed it. Yeah. You know what this world is really good at? They're really good at renaming things yeah. so that you feel like you have a problem that nobody else has ever had. Right. Right. So you can go around and go, <sighs> <laughs> you just don't understand. Because they told me, I have this. Yeah, I know, 50 years ago, we call that something else. The the things, can I just take one small example? I'm, I'm trying to be careful not to get too far off base here. If I could be open and a little vulnerable with you, all right? There were some things that were said about the state of some people in my house you guys reading between the lines here okay all right some people that had not always lived there now am I helping you out a little bit okay and they made it seem like they'll never get over this but they could and those things weren't said by grandma and grandpa I'll make that very clear they were said by the professionals and you know what the real issue was the real issue was there were things from within that had to be addressed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, and let me just tell you, let me tell you right now, I am super thankful for that. You know what I'm trying to get at, though? Those issues could not have been dealt with the way that the professionals wanted to. Right. I, I, I'm not telling you, do not walk out of here and go, Pastor Adrian said we shouldn't go to doctors. <laughs> nope. Nope, one of, let me just point this out. Let me point out that the guy that's writing the gospel that you're reading from was a doctor, okay? But he saw there's some things that only God can help with. Probably heard about this as well. Joe Garcia, the husband of one of the victims of that shooting, Irma Garcia, one of the teachers in that school, went to lay flowers at her memorial Went home. That was on Thursday. The shooting happened on Tuesday. On Thursday, he goes to lay flowers there, goes home, sits down, and his heart just said no more. You say, what is that? The Japanese have a a, a term for it. When we translate it into English, it's just called broken heart syndrome, but it's heart failure. You know what Jesus said? Men's hearts failing them for fear. You know what you need? You need a new heart. You know what we all need? We need a heart transplant. Amen. Amen. And sometimes the heart gets a little stony. Sometimes that place of the center of our thoughts and affections and dreams and desires and imaginations needs a transplant. Can I say this? Number one, look if you would at Luke, Luke chapter number eight. Number one, your issues run deep. Now, there's two schools of thought. Here's school of thought, uh, thought number one. My, my situation is so bad, I don't think it could ever be fixed. School of thought number, these are extreme points, okay? Here's the other one. School of thought number two, brother, just read your Bible and pray and it'll go away. That's not always exactly how that goes. Okay? But can, can I say this, though? You need to acknowledge that the issues that you have, when you look in the mirror and forget about society for a moment, forget about your spouse for a moment, it's the only time I want to tell you to forget about your spouse, all right? Just for a moment, all right? And look in the mirror and go, what are my issues? When you do that, you need to acknowledge they run pretty deep. Deep within you. Below the surface, if you will. Look what it says here in Luke 8, verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. You know what that that spells out to me? Hopelessness. And it was deep within her. It was something that not everyone could see from the get go. Do you realize that whenever you you present yourself to the world, they don't see everything about you? That's right. Even at church, we don't see everything about you. And you know what? That's okay. We don't have to because we're not God but when you're dealing with God, which is what church should be about, meeting with the high and lofty one, meeting with God, the creator of the universe who dwells from within you, and he wants to fellowship with you, that's what this should be about, then you should say, God, some of these issues in my life, they run pretty deep, and they can't be seen by other people. We were in Montana last year, two years ago, and uh, We went out swimming, beautiful day in Kalispell, Whitefish, Montana. And I don't know what the lake was, Lake Kalispell, I don't know, whatever, Lake Whitefish River, I don't know, whatever it was, it was beautiful. And they had two sides to this thing. They had, like, the general side, but there was all these people there, you know, and we don't want the people, our kids around, all the music and all the hoopla, and so we're like, oh, let's go over here, it's more quiet. Well, it was more quiet over here because this was the dog side. And... We swam. We had a great, great time. I mean, I loved it. I'd go back. About 24 hours later, my wife's like, I don't know. I just can't keep any food down well. I'm not feeling good. And this is way before pregnancy. <laughs> and it, it, this story ends with, like, the CDC telling my wife that she's got this particular microbe that exists particularly in Montana in these certain lakes where they let the dogs swim at the same time. Now, let me just say this. What it produced in her life was very evident. <laughs> but the cause could not be seen, it was under the surface. And you know what the issues with your issues? They're under the surface. And because they can't be seen, you kind of go, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's a, no, no, it's a big deal. And it matters to God. Can I point out that for 12 years, this lady, who we don't even have a name for, for 12 years, this lady tried everything that she could. She spent all her living, is what the Bible says, on physicians. And for 12 years, listen, man, when I've got man flu, 12 minutes is a long time. I don't know what you, I cannot imagine having a baby. I mean, when I get sick, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, honey, I'm dying. You say, what is it? I got a fever of like (laughs) 98.9. Something's wrong. I'm dying. I know I'm dying. When I'm sick, I am a baby. I am. I acknowledge it. I own it. You can laugh all you want. I don't get sick very often, so when I do, I'm like, oh. 12 minutes feels like a long time. Can you imagine 12 years? Nine months feels like a long time, doesn't it? Yeah. 12 years. 12 years. 12 years and you know what the law said the law said well if you got this problem this is what you got and how do i heal it oh we don't got a solution for you we just want you to know you're unclean and hopefully eventually it just goes away and if it doesn't you're still unclean and so for 12 years everywhere she goes she's an outcast because these issues that ran deep How about seeds of lust and bitterness and unforgiveness and covetousness and self-righteousness and anger and wrath and pride and manipulation? Those go deep, don't they? Aren't you glad that your God is the ancient of days and that time, he's not confined to time? So even if you feel, listen, here's what happens. You get saved and some of the issues of your life, they kind of just go away right away, right? Right? And for many years, fundamental Baptist preachers were really bad about saying, if you were really saved, then you'd have all this stuff. In other words, if you live like me, then, then, then you're really saved, right? And so if you still struggle with this issue, then you can't be saved. That's not always the solution. Retreading people and getting them saved over and over and over just causes more confusion in their life about what gets them saved to begin with. Right. That's not the answer. The answer is, okay, now that you're saved, right when you got saved, there were some things that God just said, boom, they're gone, Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for that. But then there's these, like, Klingons. And they don't just go away right away. And some of them are around for years. And God goes, this has been in your life for 12 years. This has been in your life for 20 years. This has been in your life for 30 years. And it runs deep. And when you go through that problem, and the sky is falling, and you completely lose all faith, and then God comes through and then you're like, oh my goodness, next time I'll be different. And that problem comes again and you're like, no, no, I can't, I can't, and you lose it all over again. You know why? Because some of those issues run deep and they don't all go away with salvation. Some of you have an abnormal amount of fear. I'll acknowledge some of you don't have enough fear, amen? But, but some of you have a abnormal amount of fear. You see why? It's been there a long time. Maybe you learned it somewhere in your childhood. I don't know, but I'll tell you this much. It's not healthy for you, and you better learn to deal with it. Secondly, can I say this? Your issues are spiritual in nature. She spent all her money on the physicians. You know what you can do? You can go to school for 8, 12, 15, 18 years of your life and still come out not knowing how to deal with the real issues in your life. You say, why? Because it's not a matter of intellect. Have you ever gone to your kids and go, What in the world? How did you think that was a good idea? And they're like, I wasn't. You know, and they know in their mind it was a bad thing to do, but their desires and their feelings told them something different. You see, this is not just a matter of intellect in regards to dealing with the issues of your life. You can go, I'm above that. That's below me. I'm it's not gonna do that. And you can try to restrict yourself like they try to restrict the maniac of Gadera, but that doesn't fix the problem. That's right. The problem is still there. And let me just say this Luke was not hating on his own, his own profession, when he points out that she has spent all of her living upon physicians because Luke himself in Colossians 4 is called the beloved physician. But can I say this? Look at Second Corinthians chapter ten. Some of the issues of your life they require spiritual attention. They're emotional. You might even say, in some cases, these are these are things that some of the, that, that some people in the world might call mental in nature. But can I say deep down and say, you know what they are? They're spiritual in nature. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Look if you would at verse three. If they're not spiritual in nature and you have no control over them whatsoever, then you're just a victim. And it's not your fault. Don't you like how that works out? So when I'm angry with you and I'm excessively angry or I have an excessive amount of lust that I can't control, oh, I just, I just, I can't control. It's just my family heritage. It's just how we're, uh, no, that, that is not how it works with God. Amen. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. You know where a lot of the issues in your life come from? They come from your heart thinking things that aren't true. And you hold on to those things that are untrue so long that you start to think that they are true. And even when the Bible says something and the preacher says something, you go, yeah, 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 but... And you convince yourself that either what the Bible says is wrong or that you're so much of an exception or there's no way that it could be fixed. It's not a spiritual issue, preacher. Yes, it is. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Can I say that money couldn't fix it? She spent all her money. Can I say religious restriction couldn't fix it? the maniac of Gadara was bound with fetters and he was still filled with unclean spirits. Can I ask you a question, real simple question? What spiritual heart issues are you trying to address with any kind of mean but spiritual means? What are you trying to address in your life right now through any means that's not... That, if it's a spiritual issue, listen to me. I'm not saying, look, if you've got high cholesterol and you're taking... That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your spiritual issues in your life, the things that drive you emotionally, the things that kind of create the issues in your life. How many of those things are you trying to deal with, with means that are not spiritual, and hoping that doing the same thing over and over somehow brings about a different result? It won't. Can I say this? Grief, if not handled the right way, can cause issues. Anger, if not handled the right way, pride if not handled the right way. Look at verse, go back to Luke chapter 8, verse 44. Do you remember that woman at the well in John chapter 4? You guys remember that story? You guys still with me? All right. Do you remember that that lady walks away from her encounter with Jesus Christ and she goes to everyone in her town, hey, I want you to meet this man that told me something that nobody else could ever tell me. This is the Christ. Christ. Do you remember what kind of pushed her over the edge to get her there? It was when Jesus goes, lady, you're right. You don't have a husband. You got five. That's what got her to go, whoa, I've got some issues I got to deal with. And that was the spark. Can I say it like this? That You have to come to a place where you go, you know what? I'm going to change what I'm doing because what I'm doing is not yielding the result that God wants for my life. And these issues just continue to multiply. They're not going away. Luke 8, look if you would at verse number 44. Can I point out that your issues require a change of action? You know what she had done? She spent all her money on physicians. You know what she did this time? She came and touched Jesus Christ. It was different this time. Things were different. They ended up different. But you know why they ended up different? Because she took a different course of action. You may go, oh, that's just, mother. duh. Yeah, duh, but that's the problem that we have, is it not? We know what the issue is. We acknowledge, finally we get to a place to go, okay, I'm going to call it what it is, but I don't want to deal with it God's way. And God goes, okay, free will, you can do that. But guess what? You're still going to have that issue. And it's still going to plague you. And all I can think of is that prodigal son when he says, I will arise and go to my father. Listen, there has to be a moment in time where you go, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to hold on to this issue anymore. I don't know what the issue is in your life, but I can tell you this, if you're honest, you got them. And some of you are just waiting for the day that the feeling comes upon you can i can i point out in the story the, over in the, i'm not gonna have you turn there but in the gospel of mark the bible says she felt it in her body question when did she feel it before she changed her action or after some of you are waiting for the right feeling god just give me a feeling come on god, god come on bring it to me and the lord's like that's not how it works your feelings aren't going to change until you start changing what you're doing You you want healing from the Lord about the issues in your life? Change your direction. Change your thinking. Change your response and go, Lord, I'm going to submit to your spirit. I want healing from this issue. Like the prodigal son, he sat there and he was in the mire on all fours eating with the pigs. And he looks around and goes, man, this is not what God intended for me. I will arise and go to my father. You know what that means? I'm going to change what I'm doing. Are you willing to change what you're doing? Some of you go, I've got issues. Do you want them to stay there? See, you know what some of you are like? Honestly, honest to God. You know what some Christians are? They're like Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Moses, take all the frogs away. The the women are complaining. The children are complaining. There's diseases running rampant. Take the frogs away. And Moses is like, you got it? You got it, Pharaoh? I can tell you're really sorry this time. I can go to God. When do you want me to go to God? (sighs) Maybe Tomorrow. You know what some of you do? You sit in church and you hear the word of God and it's touching your heart and you go, I'll deal with that Monday. What? That thing that's been plaguing you for years, why are you going to put one more day on it? Maybe because somewhere deep inside you go, this is who I am. It's not who you're made to be. Manipulation and control is not handled the right way, it can destroy your life. If anger is not handled the right way, it can hurt your life. How about this one? If feeling the need for people to like you at all costs doesn't get dealt with the right way, that can destroy your life. You know what those are? Those are deep issues. And God wants to address them this morning. The question is to you. What are you willing to do differently this time? You know what the Lord tells Simon? The devil... Satan hath desired you that he may sift you as wheat. can't have your soul, but he wants to just shake your life up. Can I give you four steps of action? How about, number one, be honest with yourself? She was. How about, number two, be honest about what God could do for you? You know what it says in Matthew about this woman? She said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole if you came to church and you approached the Bible and you approached God the way that woman did and you said, God, here are my issues. I'm not gonna rename them. I'm not gonna blame them on somebody else. Can we notice also that when that woman was called out and they said, who touched me? She goes, Lord, it was me. She realized she couldn't be hit anymore. She did not go there and go, Lord, I tried for 12 years and those stupid doctors couldn't fix anything. You know, she didn't say that. She just said, Lord, I'm broken, it's me. That's a sign of real repentance right there. I'm not blaming anybody else. This is me. This is my problem. This is my short fuse with the children. This is my inability to forgive my spouse. This is my selfishness. This is my, listen, it's easy for us to look at society and go, yeah, they're messed up. It's time we own some of these things. Number three, be honest about the fact that you need to get in touch with God on your issues. And number four, be honest that this is going to require some vulnerability. Look, if you would, at Luke 8, verse 46 and 47. Can I say some of your issues need to be dealt with openly? You know, what we, we have a lot of pride. God deals with you about something. You know what some people do? I'm not going down to the altar. I don't want anyone to know. Really? Is that how you want to approach the Christian life? You don't want someone to know you have issues? (laughs) Uh, I thought we already established we all have them. And you were like, yep, I have them. So why is it that when God deals with you, it's like, well, I just don't want to deal with it openly? Has your anger been an open thing? Has your pride at times been an open thing? Has your lust at times been an open thing? Has your envy at times been an open thing? Has your bitterness, as the Bible says, when it springs up and troubles you and defiles many, has that not been an open thing? Why don't you want to deal with it openly? You know, right. I look in the Bible. There's two kinds of people when it comes to dealing with conviction. There's Saul and there's David. Remember when Saul is confronted by Samuel? And Samuel says, hey, God's taken the kingdom from you. There's a better man than you. You're not going to be the man that sits on that throne. And then Saul's response is this. Oh, but please worship with me before the people. I don't want them to think there's anything wrong. You know, yeah, we'll deal with this thing you know, little by little, but can we just make it act, let's just act like nothing's wrong and let's just go worship like normal. That's how some Christians deal with church. And then there's David. David wants to bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem and you guys know the story, he messes up big time. Someone dies because of it. And then, they get things moving the right way. They do it God's way. And David starts dancing before the Lord. Remember that? And I can tell you, it wasn't the running man, okay? It wasn't the, the cabbage patch. You know, I'm dating myself. I recognize. But, you know, for some of you for of you really old folks, it wasn't this either, okay? Whatever. <laughs> all right? Uh, but, but you understand, that wasn't. David's dancing before the Lord. And you know what his wife says? You made yourself a fool. And David goes, I don't care. I'm just happy. You know something, you need more David than you do Saul. This woman had zero dignity left. She said, I'm a mess and I know it, it's me. And the Lord goes, I can deal with that kind of person. Go with me to Matthew 15, Matthew 15. In verse 46 of our passage, Jesus says, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, can I tell you, you're not hid today. God sees where you're at. Amen. It's not about you, it's not about him seeing where you're at. It's about you seeing where you're at. Some of you are stale spiritually. And you go to your Bible and it's like, blah. And you come to church and you're like, blah. And you hear about someone getting saved, you're like, whoop-de-doo. Carlos goes to preach, you like, well, it's because he's got all the time in the world. He's 17. If I was 17, I'd do that too. No, you wouldn't quit lying. Yeah. You know what the problem is? Spiritually, you're stale. Because of issues in your life you're not addressing. And you're missing out on the Christian life. And this woman said, I'm not going to be hid. Here I am. So that's something you need to do today. Matthew 15. Look if you would at verse 22. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. (laughs) <laughs> can you imagine that on facebook live religious zealot thinks he's better than everybody here's this woman from canaan different race and he's ignoring her can you imagine how cnn would stoke that fire he answers her not a word and his disciples came about saw him saying send her away in other words what is she doing here for she crieth after us. She's bugging us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Oh, I love this story. Some of you need more of this woman in you. Some of you men need more of this woman in you. I know that's the weirdest thing you may ever hear me say from the pulpit. <laughs> I recognize that. I own that. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Ooh! <gasps> Then the ACLU got involved. Did you guys hear what he just said? He called her a female dog. Are you with me? Can you imagine the load of offense in our culture? I say we cancel Jesus right now. Right? Here's this woman, and she's like, whatever. I just need help. (laughs) Look what she says. Truth, Lord. She doesn't even argue with him. She's like, you're right. I'm a dog. But if you are willing to throw me some scraps, I'll eat them. You know the problems with some of you? I'm too good for the scraps. Are those scraps whole? Are they organic? (laughs) Gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free? Are they all of it? They're scraps. They're leftovers. Spiritually speaking, if you came to God that hungry, you'd be filled more often. You know why society's a mess? Because we're a mess. They can't get any better than us. We set the bar. And if we're setting the bar and we're not dealing with our issues, how in the world do you expect them to? (laughs) Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith. Her daughter was whole from that very hour. Look back at Luke chapter number 8. You want to be whole? Can I say this? Just wrapping this up? Number 5. Yes, point number 5. There's actually a 6 point, but it'll be so quick you won't even notice it. Your issues can be healed. You know that? I don't want you walking out going, Oh, preacher, he gutted me, man. I got this issue and that issue, and I'm just a worm, and God, just kill me. That's, that's not the response you need to have today. Because that still leaves you as a victim. God wants you leaving as a victor. The response should be, yep, that's my issue. My fault. Not my parents. Not my spouse's. I'll own it. And I'm not going to repackage it and put a, 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 you know, a Snapchat filter to make it look really pretty like some of you ladies do sometimes. You know, I see these pictures. I'm like, I look, I look at people I work with and they put these pictures on. I'm like, what? You don't look like that. You liar. Some of you are mad at me now. That's all right. You, you need to take the filter off and call it what it is and deal with it and own it. But then go, Lord, but I want healing. And Lord, I know you want healing for me. Notice, if you would, Luke 8, verse 48. He said to her daughter... Be of good comfort. Thy intestinal fortitude hath made thee whole. Thy, thy dynamic intelligence. <laughs> thy, 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 thy wondrous ability to discipline thyself. No, thy faith. You willing to believe what God says about what your problem is and deal with it the way God says to deal with it? You know how that's going to take? Faith. Thy faith hath made thee whole. You know what works? Believing what God says will work. That works. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world even Our faith. He tells that Canaanite woman, Great is thy faith. Over in the Gospel of Mark, the woman that we're discussing right now in Luke 8, he says, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. There's a woman at Jesus' feet, and he says, This, thy sins are forgiven. Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. There's that, that Samaritan that came back out of the group of 10 of those lepers, and he came back, and the nine never did. And he said, This, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. You want healing today? Believe what God says about what your problem is. Call it what it is. And believe that what God's solution is will work and put it to work. That's what faith is. Over in Mark it says straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt it in her body as she was healed of that plague. You might feel it in your marriage. You might feel it in your home. You might feel it in your sanity and peace of your mind. But you need to deal with those issues or they'll deal with you. Let me close with this thought. Your issues, lastly, matter to God. Look, if you would, at Luke chapter 8. And I want you to notice back in verse 41 and verse 42. To the rest of the crowd, this woman looked like a distraction an interruption to God's schedule. He was going to heal someone else, and bam, this woman touches him and derails the whole entire thing. Can I say this? You are not an interruption to God. You are not a distraction to God. The crowd around you may go, well, I thought, Lord, you were moving in this direction. Why are you coming this way? Why are you dealing with her? Because the whole time he knew he had to deal with her as well. God wants to deal with you. You are not a problem to the Lord. Amen. You are not an afterthought with God. Your issues matter to God. And let me just say this. If they matter to God, they should matter to you. Amen. Let's all stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that whatever issues, and I don't know what they all are, and I don't need to know what they all are, but God, you do, and your people know what they are. Lord, I pray whatever issues they are, Lord, maybe it's an issue of pride, maybe it's an issue of bitterness, maybe it's an issue of unforgiveness, maybe it's an issue of lust, maybe it's an issue of envy, maybe it's an issue of manipulation. I don't know what all the issues are. I don't need to, but God, would you reach down and touch the hearts of those that are in this room right now? And rather than thinking about being hungry and going around about the rest of the day and what are we doing after this, that the minds and the hearts might be settled on the word of God. God, that you would help us to have a spiritual appetite, a spiritual hunger, a spiritual desire to deal with our issues so that we can be made whole. The Lord's dealt with you. I pray you to respond in like manner. Find your spot at the altar. Don't, do not be Saul. I just don't want anyone to know. (sighs) Quit caring what anyone thinks anyways. Deal with your issues. Do you want them gone or not? Are you willing to repent or not? God is calling you. He is calling you to something greater and something higher than where you're at. And as long as you hold on to some of those issues in your life from within your heart, you will not go any further with the Lord. That should scare you. I was listening to Brother Peacock preach the other day, and he said something that scared me. He said, there's reasons I don't look at certain things, and I don't think about certain things, and I don't want to listen to certain things, and I don't want to go to certain places, he says, because I'm afraid that God will take his hand off of me, off of my ministry, off of my church. And I thought, good night, man. I don't, I don't ever want God's hand off of me. Lord, keep it on me, please. He won't do it if you ignore the issues. You won't go any further with the Lord if you don't deal with those things. I didn't say you can't be saved, but you won't be victorious. Maybe stay at the feet of Jesus for a little bit and say, Lord, here's my issue. Here's how I've been dealing with it. Here's why I think I'm dealing with it the wrong way. Lord, I'm willing to give your word a shot. Lord, help me not to just brush this over. Help me not to ignore it. Help me not to rename it. Help me not to filter it in a nice pretty package. something a little different. Grab your red hymnal. Grab your red hymnal and stand with me if you can stand. We're going to sing 502 in the red, Nearer My God.